Hello and welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast, where it's always knitting and fun in 30 minutes or less. Show notes can be found at windswepknits.com. You can find me on Instagram and Ravelry as windswepmoni, and on Facebook and Twitter as windswepknits. This is episode 115, recorded April 30th, 2023. Hello and welcome. This is Knitting on the Run podcast and... It's been an interesting couple weeks. We did a bit of traveling, we had some fun times, and I brought a lot of knitting on my travels. I have a lot I got done. The downside to traveling is when you're working on projects and not paying attention, you screw things up. Sometimes many things. So we have lots of knitting fails to share with you today. <laughs> but that's okay. That's part of the fun, I, I know. my Actually, my friend who I was uh, down visiting with, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry you keep messing things up. And I'm like, no, you know, like, I've got a podcast. This gives me stuff to talk about. It's great. So here we go. Works in progress. So first up, the socks for thing one. I mentioned these a few times. The Christmas socks that I knit for him that don't fit. He couldn't even get them on his foot. So I frogged the whole set and started re-knitting them. Uh, he likes the yarn. So I... I restarted the socks. I got all the way through turning the heel of the first sock and ran into trouble. More on that later. Next up is Davit. This is designed for Barocco by Amy Palmer. I'm knitting this using Silk Noir by Great Adirondack Yarn Company that I bought at Rhinebeck last year. I finished one side's short rows, and all I have left to do is the other side's short rows, and then sew the back edges to the shoulders. I am so close. I can't wait to wear it. I'm not hurrying this one along because we went from amazing warm spell uh, to suddenly having really cold weather for this time of year, like 10 degrees colder than it should be. So I, it's kind of, I did a whole bunch and then it's kind of been sitting there. I'm waiting for warm weather again. <laughs> I want to wear this once it's warm, but I kind of also want to knit it when it's a little warm, if that makes any sense at all. Find Your Fade, the famous shawl designed by Andrea Mowry. I'm knitting this up in Midori Bamboo from the Fiber Lady in a discontinued colorway plus a cotton bamboo sport weight from Great Adirondack Yarn Company, and a little bit of hand spun for the very end. I am fading on my own schedule, not the one written in the pattern. So as I mentioned, I'd faded from the Fiber Lady into the Great Adirondack, Great Adirondack Yarn Co., excuse me, and I'll be using the two skeins of this for the body of the shawl, and then fading into the hand spun cotton at the end. And I'm nearly back to the second lace section after the knitting fail from the last episode. I didn't get a ton of this done. I did not bring this project with me. So it's been basically sitting under my sofa waiting for you know, a little more love. A new project to add to my list, the Tanwen Cowl. This is designed by Thayer Priest Parker, and I have knit this before many years ago. This particular version is a prize for the Knit for Food Knitathon winner. I'm working it up in Lana Grossa Elastico, which is a plant-based yarn with elastic in it, so it works cables beautifully. If you ever have to knit a project that that you need a plant-based yarn for whatever reason, but it has to behave more like a, a wool yarn, I highly recommend Lana Grossa Elastico. It's um, sport weight DK. It kind of hovers between the two a little bit, um, and it works up gorgeous. And, and there's a nice, white, a nice wide range of colors as well. So my neighbor happened to be the lucky winner. When I did the, I, you'd use one of those online, you know, spinny wheel things, put everyone who donated to my, my Knit for Food Knit-a-thon donation link in that spinny wheel. And then I, I had it randomly pick one winner and it happened to be my neighbor across the street. And she asked for, I so I, I, to back up a little bit, I had offered either a skein of hand spun yarn, 
a hat or a cowl that I would knit for the recipient. So, because I have a, a wide range of people donating from crafters all the way to non-crafters who would just want something knit for them. And so she chose a cowl, and I asked what kind of cowl she would like, whether she wanted, you know, color work or cables or, you know, you know, lace weight, you know, or something, you know, a pretty lace pattern. And she said she wanted like a cable pattern and that let me pick the pattern and let me pick the colors. It's like, okay. Um, I mean, I know my neighbor, but I don't know her well enough to know her favorite colors necessarily. <laughs> but she just happened to have her house and her um her shutters repainted on her house to a brand new color, very different from what they used to be. And Lana Gross Alaska happened to have that exact shade of blue. It was like, okay, this is perfect. I'm ordering this yarn. So I have been working on that now. Um, I have tweaked the pattern slightly. The original Tanwin pattern is ribbed with cables, so you actually knit pearl, knit pearl, knit pearl, even in the cable pattern. And it comes out beautifully, but I decided I'm I'm not doing that. So I have I'm just knitting across. Where she has ribbing, I have knitting. And so there's it's there's cables on either end, garter stick sec garter stitch sections next in, and then a central elaborate cable pattern. And it's it's lovely. I highly recommend it. I Personally, I hate ribbing, so I, if you do it, I recommend doing this pattern, but then just changing it all to knitting and not doing the, the ribbing, because it gives you an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous um, cowl, even without the ribbing. I, I totally recommend this pattern either way. I bought this years ago. I knit it for my son's preschool teacher you know, back whenever, and he, you know, he's a fifth grader now, if that gives you any, any idea. Last up in the whips is the Summer Happiness Crochet Top. Oh, I forgot to mention, sorry, the Tanwin Cowl, also knitting fail. Summer Happiness Crochet Top, also knitting fail. This is designed by Concept Creative. I'm knitting it up in Sheepja's Whirl in the color Sherbet Rainbow, which is a medium pastel rainbow from pink to blue. This is my Christmas Day cast on. I'm making slow progress on this because I screw it up yet again. And mind you, all these scripts, these are me. The pattern is very well written. It's both written and charted. It is super easy to follow. I'm just not paying attention and screwing up really simple things. It's all me. I'm actually really enjoying this pattern, except for the fact that I'm being a moron and totally screwing it up. <laughs> so uh, I will get to that in a second. So why don't we just go ahead and jump right into the knitting fail section. So rewind back to thing one socks. I was so proud of myself. We went to Washington, D.C. And I was walking around. We walked that day from the Washington Monument to the Capitol building. And I turned the heel while we were walking. I was so proud of myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, knitting level up. This is great. And I took some pictures and I'm looking at the sock. And I'm like, this, this doesn't look right. I mean, it's the right length for his foot, but this looks too narrow. I mean, I've already knit it for him once and this does, this looks like the same. <sighs> yeah. So I'd grabbed the wrong needles. When I restarted the sock, I meant to grab US 2s, 2.75 millimeter needles, but I grabbed US 1s, 2.25 millimeter needles. And that half a millimeter makes a big difference. So we get back to the hotel room last night and after he showered, I had him try on the sock, and sure enough, they did not fit. <sniffs> so that night in the hotel, I frogged the whole thing again, and after we get home, I recast them on with size twos and added four more stitches to the circumference just to be sure they will fit for next year, because this kid is growing leaps and bounds. There's a decent chance that this summer he will be as tall as I am. Um, last summer, I could rest my chin on the top of his head. He's just, like, shooting up like a weed. The Tenwen Cowls. Yep, I screwed this one up multiple times, actually. Also, my fault. 
I worked on this a lot while riding in the DC Metro and then while driving with friends to the Air and Space Museum out in Dallas. You know, that's the one that has the, um, the space shuttle Discovery in it, not the one in the downtown DC on the mall, but the one out by the airport. So this pattern is an eight row repeat that is easy to memorize, but the cable pattern is very, very tight. And one thing I've noticed when I'm knitting cable patterns is usually you can kind of tell when you're, you know, when it starts to look like the fabric is too tall and like, starting to go a little bit like a like a stockinette pattern again, that's when the next cable row is going to be. This one doesn't work that way. So this is, again, this is a problem on me. The pattern is very well written, very short, very explicit, easy to follow. I just stopped looking at the pattern and just started going because I had it memorized. And I would go too far because the, the, the cables look closer than you think they're going to look, at least with the yarn that I am working with. So I would go to I would do like two stockinette rows basically before then trying to do a cable pattern again when really the cable, it's basically every other right side row is a cable row for the the big pattern. And I just kept screwing it up. (laughs) So I had to, I I ripped that one back several times, but I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm up to a solid eight inches now and it is coming along nicely. I just got to remember, you know, don't, don't make an assumptions. Look at the cable pattern. You know, if it if it looks too good to be true, it is in this one. <laughs> and last up, the summer happiness shawl. So I am on the third of four repeats that make up this top. Um, at this point, the rows are getting really long, so it takes a while to get all the way across. And while onto the train to DC, I finished one row and got nearly to the end of a second row when I realized I had screwed up way back near the beginning of the previous row. Now, when it comes to my knitting, I am not super vain. If there is a mistake that I can fudge and not have to like rip back and fix, I will fudge it and I'd be happy about that. Doesn't matter at all. But for some reason, when I'm screwing up this pattern, and it's, it's again, it's me screwing it up. The pattern is well written. It's me screwing it up. I'm making very simple mistakes. For example, like um, if I'm supposed to have two, um, two, so uh, in crochet, like you do like clusters of, of double crochets, like a three-stitch double crochet clusters, and I'm supposed to have two of them with like like one double crochet cluster, a chain stitch, one double crochet cluster, all into the same stitch below, for example. I'll screw up and only do one double crochet cluster. So, you know, you're 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 making it extra space so the next round you can fill all those spaces. But when you get back to the next row, if you've only made one cluster, you don't have that extra space in between the two double crochet clusters to put your stitches in. So I couldn't figure out a way to fudge it and not make it look absolutely horrible. So I ripped back two rows, two full long rows. But I'm still going through. I mean, this pattern is gorgeous. I love it. I just, for some reason, I just keep not making it. It's easy to memorize these repeats. So I have to look at the edges to make sure I'm putting like the edge clusters and the edge double crochet stitches into the right locations because the edges are, are a little bit different. But then you basically have clusters of maybe eight to 15 stitches repeated the whole way across. So once I get that memorized, I just keep going and I don't keep looking at the pattern. And that's where I make my mistakes. I think I haven't memorized or I'm just not paying attention and I just keep going. And that's when I screw it up. It's all me. So I will get it done at some point because once I finish this front piece, I then have to go repeat and make the back piece. (laughs) It'll be done someday. Someday I will get to wear this amazing top. It may not be this summer, but that's okay. I'm at peace with that. You know, maybe I'll wear it to Florida next winter. I'm okay with that. (laughs) 
spinning. Spinning, at least, is going really well. I brought my Nano 2 on the train down to DC. We took Amtrak both directions, and it works like a charm. And I have noticed that I'm actually getting better with it. So when I first started spinning on the Nano, I had to have the the, the dial about vertical you, you, uh, to to um to work. So you have a you have a tension you you have a um a knob that runs how fast the motor runs essentially. And so I I kind of needed to work at that speed. So it was fast enough to to um to you know plot to to spin the yarn and and create the twist and everything like that but it was a lot slower than what I would do on my treadle spinning wheel and as I've gotten better with the nano I can now crank it up to past halfway to like two-thirds or three-quarters and still maintain the tension still maintain a good twist not over twist I was when I was trying to do this like three-quarters two-thirds before I would over twist and would get all mucked up and I wasn't I wasn't drafting nearly as well I've gotten much much better now that I've put several hours into working with it on the train um, so I started on the train with it at half speed, and by the time I got home, I didn't I didn't spin the entire way, but I probably spun over half of both train wides down. So I probably spun five hours down and three and a half, four hours back, maybe four hour, four and a half hours back. And that, then you're just doing that all in a, in a short amount of time. I've I've really gotten a lot better at my drafting on this particular wheel, and I've finished. I filled the second bobbin completely, and I've started the third bobbin, and I am probably three quarters of the way through that. Maybe actually more. Yeah, probably more than three quarters of the way through the the third bobbin. I'm getting close. I hope to finish it this week. I'm looking forward to plying it. I might pull out my big wheel, my treadle wheel, to ply it on. I haven't decided yet. It would it would ply faster on the mini wheel, the nano, but I would end up with skeins of like 150 yards. And I'd like to have a couple longer skeins because I want to make something long, larger out of this. But, you know, if I have to go ahead and use the, the Nano, I will. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Out and about upcoming fiber events around New England. We have New Hampshire Sheep and Wool coming up May 13th and 14th. I will definitely not be attending this one. Massachusetts Sheep and Wool Craft Fair, May 27th, 28th. That's Memorial Day weekend. I will also not be attending this one. Maine Fiber Frolic is June 3rd and 4th. There's a slight chance I might be able to go, and I've never been to a Maine Fiber Frolic, so I'm hoping so. Keep your fingers crossed for me. I've got sunshine. So as I've mentioned several times now, we went to Washington, D.C. last week for school vacation. It was absolutely wonderful. We had a great time. We, we absolutely loved it. We walked so much. I'm kind of combining on the run and I've got sunshine here at the same time. Like our first day in DC, we walked nine miles. The next day we walked eight miles. Now, mind you, I've got an 11 year old and a seven year old. We walked a lot for having two kids in tow and they loved it. You know, being able to walk down the mall, seeing what you're going towards and the food trucks. They loved the food trucks. What I didn't mention earlier is that one of my childhood besties lives down in the DC area. So that was amazing. She's also got two kids similar in age. So we got to hang out at least a little bit every day we were down there and it was marvelous. She and I even snuck away one dinner, one one night for dinner. We left all the kids with our husbands and we got a little girl time in and that was marvelous. You know, sharing a bottle of wine and some Italian food with a friend you've known since you were five is wonderful. 
definitely need to do that way more often. I can't wait to go back down. We probably won't go next year. We have some travel plans to visit some some family who lives quite a ways away. That's going to take up a good chunk of our vacation time next year. But I'm hoping maybe in, in two years we get to go back down and, and do it again. You know, my little guy will be just a little bit older. Maybe we can get into a few more museums. We never did the, um, we didn't get into the Natural History Museum. I really thought they'd want to go. And and we saw so many other things. Um, my littlest loved the uh, botanical gardens. He's my little gardener. He loved the botanical He and I spent two hours in the botanical gardens while my older son and my husband went to the Supreme Court and the um, Library of Congress, which my, my little guy had no interest in. And likewise, my, my bigger guy had absolutely no interest in hanging out in a garden for you know, an hour or two. So it worked out well for everybody involved. Um, and actually, they um, we were having lunch in food trucks one day, and they both asked to go into the um, the Museum of the American Indian, which is right next to the Botanical Garden. So we went in there, and that was fascinating. I highly recommend it. Even with kids, there's actually a great kids area that my boys love. I mean, we did a bunch of the exhibits and stuff like that too, and we learned we learned an awful lot. But it's it's very, I would say, it's a very kid friendly museum as well. I would definitely recommend. I know some folks who had talked about, I'm not sure I want to go in there with small kids. Yep, do it. Do it with small kids. I recommend it. Yep. Um, we did not get into air and space, but we did get into, sorry, the one in, in, in DC proper. We did the one out in Virginia. We didn't get into the one in, in DC proper. We did go into the um, National Archives. We saw the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights. That was really cool. The fifth grader doing American history this year. That was definitely a highlight for him. We got to see part of the American History Museum. So they got to see the Star Spangled Banner. And we saw a couple of other exhibits. They were getting a little bored in the History of Travel one. Um, they liked seeing the really big trains there. But otherwise, they were like, okay, we're, we're good. Uh, we went up and saw... They, we knew, they were really getting really tired. This is the day we walked nine miles. They were getting really tired. So we headed up to the entertainment section there. And, you know, got to see Kermit the Frog and Oscar is there. Captain America's Shield and you know R2D2 and C3PO and they loved that. They thought that was really cool. And then they were pretty much done. So I sat on a bench with them while my husband went to the the history of war section. Um, but we we didn't get a chance to do the president's or the first lady's section. We'll, we'll we'll save that for another day. But we did get to the International Spy Museum our last morning, and that was a huge hit with both kids. We weren't sure how it would work with my little guy. Um, my husband and I had been there in their old location many years ago before we had kids and we had a blast and it's actually bigger now. They recommend uh, two to three hours. And if you actually want to read everything, you're going to need more time than that. If you've got kids, I'd say, yeah, two to three hours is about good. They're getting a little bit tired. My kids, so you get a little card and you have a mission and you have to follow your mission and, and be a spy and see if you could get past things and, and solve puzzles, as well as actually looking and learning and, and, and exhibits about you know, international spying and stuff like that. So the kids just wanted to run from computer terminal to computer terminal to complete their mission. We were slowing them down and trying to read stuff and explaining about, you know, Enigma machines and, you know, the Cold War and all that, you know, that kind of stuff and spying. And there's, you know, there's like a fake Berlin wall. So you can see what life was like on either side of the wall and stuff. And it was, um, but it was, it was still, it was absolutely fascinating. I, I definitely recommend it. It was a lot of fun, even with younger kids, you know, as long as they can read a little bit, I definitely... If your kid can't read, I would wait till they can at least comfortable reading a little bit, um, because even the computer terminal stuff you have to read a little bit. Um, but yeah, so um, but once once they can do a little bit independent reading, I mean we're not talking; they don't have to be able to read like Lord of the Rings. But if they can read, you know, a little bit, and and you know, 
maybe just starting into chapter books, like the little kid easy chapter books, they'll be totally fine and be able to read everything on the terminals with maybe one or two words you might have to pronounce for them when they go there, when their character goes abroad to a different city, that kind of thing. But yeah, so awesome. DC, we loved it, had a wonderful time. And we're back, and it's now cold and been raining since we got home. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, they say April showers bring May flowers around here. This year appears to be that more end of April, early May showers bring hopefully something better and not a drought, unlike last summer. So the rain, you know, we're trying not to be upset about all the rain since we did have a massive drought last summer. But it is a little frustrating where every day it's just bleh. But that's all for this end. I hope you all have a wonderful two weeks ahead. I am not sure if I am going to be recording in the middle of May. I know my schedule is supposed to be twice a month, and I'm hoping to stick to that. I have some stuff coming up that might make that a challenge. I should be able to record easily at the end of the month. So I will definitely see you in a month, and I hope to see you in two weeks. Keep your fingers crossed, and if you hear from me, all the better, and I'll let you know how everything turns out. Keep those legs and those needles moving. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.